Flash Brief, Echo Echo Whiskey. Welcome to our End Endless Wars Flash Brief. We'll be brief. Today's End Endless War Brief is in honor of Marine Corps First Lieutenant James Zimmerman, who died on this day, November 2nd, 2010. That was 10 years ago. The war was nine years old. Lieutenant Zimmerman was 25. He was leading Marines in the 2nd Battalion, 6 Marines in the Helmand province of Afghanistan when he was killed by an improvised explosive device. I'm Ray Hoskins. And I'm John Burns, and this is Echo Echo Whiskey. This war is now 19 years old, and while we're slowly withdrawing, some 5,000 or so U.S. troops are still at risk there in Afghanistan. You know, John, last week we were talking about Afghanistan and, and what it's like there. And again, that's, that's just not a place that most Americans can even wrap their brain around. Uh, no, most of us have never even been there or can even imagine what it's like there. Uh, we were also talking about Pakistan and, and their influence in the area. And we were talking about some of the, the, the cultural issues between the, the Pashtuns and the Taliban. Let's review, and can you lay that out for us again, kind of briefly? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the keys to understanding what goes on in this region. So, um, you know, first of all, Afghanistan and Pakistan neighbors are both multi-ethnic Islamic republics with very, very fragile connections on each of their behalfs to our, our notion of democracy. Well, I think fragile is an understatement there. It, it might be. It might be. So Pakistan is a nation of 208 million. Um, the government and particularly the military are dominated by somewhere around 90 million ethnic Punjabis. Um, but there is competition there. As we've mentioned before, the Pashtuns now in Pakistan number over 40 million. They mostly live along the western porous border uh, along the Afghanistan border there with their Pashtun tribal cousins on the Afghanistan side. Uh, and that, that area of Pakistan, the Fatah, the federally administered tribal area, is pretty autonomous, pretty wild. And that's, uh, if, if memory serves me, that's where the Pakistan Taliban dwells. And, and that kind of harkens back to the wild west of the United States back in the 1800s where there was really no no law law and order right it is a wild frontier where the military only the pakistani military only moves in force right and you're right the, the taliban is an ethnically pashtun movement uh muslim movement and they are based in pakistan there on on the border with afghanistan and the fatah area the the the, the Pashtun area. Uh, but there are other, you know, competing fundamentalist sects of Islam within Pakistan, like the ethnically Punjabi Lashkar-e-Taiba. And they were the, 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 the nice folks that brought you the horrible Mumbai massacre back in 2004 in India, oh, yeah. where they killed hundreds and hundreds of people in hotels there. And, and just like the Taliban, the, these fundamentalists are supported by the Pakistani ISI, their main intelligence agency, which is an unaccountable, essentially a government unto itself in Pakistan. So I don't understand why do, why do the ISI, or why does the ISI fund these terrorists? You mentioned India, but what, where do they come into all this? So again, a little bit of history. Uh, India and Pakistan were created in 1949 when the British withdrew and ended British rule. And the countries were created mostly to sort by religion, right? So India became a Hindu nation and Muslims were given basically what's Pakistan. Um, there was a lot of bloodshed because the borders did not clearly define really the religious differences. There were, there were all sects in both countries. 
Um, and today there's been reduced down to a very small Hindu minority in Pakistan of a, of a million or 2 million people, 3 million people maybe. Um, whereas India actually has almost as many Muslims as Pakistan still. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But, but even more interesting, Pakistan used to be a bigger country, right? When, when this happened back in 1949, uh, Pakistan was founded as a combination of West Pakistan, what we call Pakistan today, and East Pakistan, which is today the independent nation of Bangladesh. And Bangla the Bengali people resented being ruled by Punjabis from whom they were separated by the rest of the nation of India between them. And? Well, eventually the Indians, you know, in their own power competitions, they jumped in and decided to help the Bengalis in achieve independence from the rest of Pakistan. The Pakistanis resented that and they remember. And? and? And they're afraid the Indians want to do that in some other places like Kashmir. Hmm. And? Well, there are those 40 million Pakistani Pashtuns along the border who might want their own country, maybe adjoined to their tribal cousins across the border in Afghanistan. And the Pakistanis are quite frankly afraid that India might help them too. Good gravy, John. I, I, I said it last week and I'm going to stand by it again this week. This just sounds like a hornet's nest that we would be better off just straight up getting out of. Uh, hey folks, by the way, all this analysis that, that John and I have been going through, it is laid out very well in Barry Posen's book. We've referenced it several times in the past. It's called Restraint. Uh, and what it does, it describes a foreign policy that, that would uh, avoid risking our young men and women and, and their lives so recklessly to, to solve these nationalistic tribal identity issues between Two, two competing nuclear powers in Asia. Yeah, restraint. Good word. Folks, help us achieve that word, restraint. Last chance for you to vote is tomorrow. For End Endless Wars, Echo Echo Whiskey, this is John Burns, out. And for Concerned Veterans for America, Ray Hoskins, urging you to go out and vote, out. <laughs>